Hi, Chris Glynn here with the Nightlight Podcast. Joined today by Natasha Bennett, wife of Simon Bennett, who's been a regular guest on this program. And she's speaking to us from their farm in the Gauteng province in South Africa. We have a guest tonight on Nightlight. Yes, it's lovely to be here and to be able to talk on a subject that um, that I feel very comfortable with and feel the Lord has given me some correlations between the last days and childbirth. Interesting. So that's really what I would uh, like to talk about with people because coming into the last days and knowing the prophecies of the Bible that describe the times of difficulty that the world is going to go through and that we as Christians specifically are are going to go through because this is um, a testing time for us as believers to stay true to what we know to be true, to stay true to the word of God during a time when the pressure is really on. Yes. Another time in life when the pressure is really on is during childbirth. Um, so for us women, we will really be able to relate to many similarities between birth and the challenge of birth. And I think why Jesus refers to the last days as being like the birth pangs that a woman goes through when she's in labor. And Natasha, I believe you've had uh, quite a lot of experience as a midwife, right? I'm not, uh, I'm not a midwife. Um, I am a doula, doula, which is spelled D-O-U-L-A. And a doula is actually a Greek word, which the original translation means slave. <laughs> but it's kind of taken on a modern meaning for women today, where it's a support partner. It's, it's a woman who is there just to support a woman through labor with her knowledge, with her experience. I see. So yes, a doula has no medical training. I don't have training in the practicalities of uh, helping a woman deliver her baby, but just in the support structure around the process. Nightlight. What a delight. So drawing on your experience as a doula, what correlations do you see between the birth process and the last days that would be helpful for us to be aware of? Well, what I think, um, one thing that I had to overcome before I kind of came to this understanding of the difference between fear and faith and how we tackle challenging situations with either fear or with faith is as a Christian, I've always had the knowledge that women are meant to experience pain in childbirth because of the curse of Eve and in Genesis where God says that there will be a curse on the woman and on the man for sin entering the world. That's right. One of my challenges as a doula and how to support women was, well, if this is meant to be painful, how can I support them through the pain and not focus on the negative, but to, to focus on the positives? Yes. And it was in the reading of a book called Childbirth Without Fear by a doctor in the 1940s called Dr. Grantley Dick Reed, who did some research into this subject, because as a doctor, he was supporting women through labor, and he was discovering that women could actually labor without pain and suffering. Really? But he also wanted to understand this biblical concept of the understanding that women in labor are meant to suffer pain. And there's two words used in the Hebrew to translate the word 
pain as referring to women in, la- in labor. And those words are itzabon. I'm not very good with pronunciation. I'm not a scholar of Hebrew, right. <laughs> but I'll do my best. And etvev. And these two words, itzabon and etzev, were used as sorrow and pain, as in the case of the woman giving birth. Right. However, these Hebrew scholars, when looking into it, they saw that there was actually a broader meaning of the translation of these words through the Bible, and that actually the word pain, when it came to describing women in childbirth, was not the correct translation. And that's probably because women do experience pain in childbirth. Right. And so they probably came with a preconceived idea that childbirth is painful, therefore the word pain fits this category. But actually, these words are also used in the description of Adam and the curse on Adam, toiling and tilling the land, and the work that Noah had to to do in building the ark, which was very physical, hard work. So the correct translation, actually, of these words, itzabon and etzev, is toil or labor. Right. And this is the same word used to describe the labor of Adam and Noah. So it really helped me to realize that um, I'll get you to read um, a quote from Grantly Dick Reed, if that's okay, Chris. Yes, sure. The correlation yes, is yes. that the, the hard labor Adam has to, to put into working the land is the same kind of hard work a woman has to put into birthing her baby. And you wouldn't describe a farmer toiling the land as suffering pain. That's true. It's hard, it's labor, it's work, but it doesn't have to be suffering, which is kind of the implication that has come along with the curse of Eve, that she has to suffer pain. Shall I read it now? Um, Yes, please do read that for me. So this is, uh, yeah, Dr. Grantly Dick Reed. He writes, it is quite inappropriate as to describe a man engaged in agriculture as suffering. A farmer may have to work very hard, but so long as he is an object in view and is getting results, he would be very much surprised if he described his work as suffering. The fact is that the words hard work appropriately describe both the strenuous labor involved in giving birth, in the case of the woman, and that involved in plowing, digging, reaping, sowing, etc., in the case of the man. A difference is that civilization has largely alleviated the curse of Adam by the application of labor-saving machinery, but it has done exactly the opposite in the case of the curse of Eve by multiplying in her mind the suggestions of fear from innumerable sources, ancient and modern, thus making her labor infinitely harder than it need be. Our contention is that in both cases there will always be hard work. Notwithstanding all the labor-saving machinery, a farmer's life will always be hard, and a woman's childbirth labor will always be most strenuous, but it need not be painful. It need not be painful or suffering pain, which is like an unbearable pain. But this helped me tremendously in my attitude, because if I was going into a birthing room with a woman and my attitude is, well, you're just going to have to suffer it, there's no two ways about it, then you're kind of limited in the help and the support you can give. For sure. But through my studies as a doula and supporting women at their births, I came to realize that 
the body and the processes that God has has created us with are actually designed to get us through this process with the God-given hormones and abilities that he's put into, into our bodies. So when a woman goes into labor, there's a lot of natural processes occurring. And the more you can support the natural processes through the way that God has created the female body, the easier the process will be. Right. But if you either don't understand those natural processes or you fear them, you will have a very different experience. I'm sure. Than if you understand what's going on. Yes. And I believe that's very critical for us as Christians in these last days is, is one, to have an understanding of what is going on. And that has come through our knowledge of the scriptures, our study of the scriptures and the, the prophecies around this time. So we have a great deal of knowledge about the process of the last days. And we are prepared through those prophecies for these times to be hard. Yes. And this is very similar for a woman. You, you are prepared for this process to be hard. But how can you manage this process and minimize your pain or your suffering in it? And really, what I've come to understand is, if we allow and accept the processes that God has designed in the female body, women can have even a pleasurable experience giving birth. And for some women, they can have a pain-free birth. Wow. I'd never heard of that before I became a doula. But then you start talking to women and you will hear women say they experience no pain whatsoever. Amazing. And other women can experience enormous pleasure because there's a lot of um, correlations also between the way a baby is birthed to the way a baby is made. <laughs> and actually, the way you birth the baby is, when, is meant to be similar to the way the baby was made. So That's interesting. In the case of making a baby, we generally like privacy. There's a lot of love. There's a lot of oxytocin flowing. There's contraction of muscles. And this is a pleasurable experience. It's a pleasurable experience generally to make a baby. And it can also be that way to birth the baby if you recreate the circumstances that you need to, to birth the way God intended. Nightlight Insights. So something that's very critical to understanding the birth process is the hormones which are produced by the pituitary gland. And the pituitary gland will produce a variety of hormones that all have different functions. And I, I won't get into the details of all of them. I'll stick to the kind of most important ones for, for how I feel it spiritually applies to the last days. Right. And the two critical hormones are oxytocin, which is known as the love hormone. Okay. And oxytocin is the hormone which causes the contractions of the womb. And the other main hormone is endorphins. And endorphins are a pain relieving hormone, which actually are on par with morphine. And they work on the brain receptors the same way that morphine does work on the brain to eliminate pain. Right. So endorphins are your pain relieving hormones and oxytocin is your love hormone, which causes the contracting of the womb. Now, when you are starting labor or in labor, 
it intensifies as things go on, things intensify, but the body will match the intensity with the hormones that the brain produces. Interesting. But you have to be in the right frame of mind for those hormones to be released in the correct measures. Right. So if a woman is laboring and she's focusing on being relaxed, on resting, on trusting, on allowing this process, her pituitary gland is going to flood her body with the oxytocin and with the endorphins. And it's all going to work together as a beautiful plan um, to get you to the point of transition where suddenly there's a change of hormones and then the baby is going to be pushed out into the world. What a miracle. But during this process you can interfere with the release of these hormones by other hormones being released, which the one that you don't want released during the sort of main process of the second stage, which is the contractions, is fear. Yes. Because if you begin to get fearful about what you're experiencing or your thoughts and what you're anticipating, you are going to now produce adrenaline, which is the fight or flight hormone. Right. And in the case of labor, if you produce adrenaline... Adrenaline takes over the body, and that is designed for a very specific purpose. You need adrenaline in the case of danger. I recently had an experience, Christopher, where just uh, about 10 days ago, I was uh, in um, one of the big five reserves here in South Africa because I love the bush, I love the animals. And I got out of my vehicle and I went to one of these hides where you can walk down a, a walkway that's fenced and you go to a little hide and you can look out on a, a lake or something and see what animals are there. Right. So I arrived and I was there by myself and I walked into this walkway. And as I turned the corner, I came face to face with a leopard. <laughs> oh my gosh. And uh, that was um, certainly... A, a very nice experience for me to kind of talk about adrenaline because, you know, adrenaline kicks in. I'm five feet away from a leopard. Five feet. And um, I have to decide what to do. And I realized that as the adrenaline kicked in, it was like everything else pales into significance. I'm not aware of my surroundings. When I went back to look afterwards where the leopard had been standing, I couldn't figure out where he'd been standing because the adrenaline had focused my mind and my attention on the danger that was right in front of me. Right. My heartbeat raised, my heart was pumping. And I had to make very um, specific decisions to get myself out of this danger. So adrenaline has this amazing gift to us to protect us from danger. We, I'm now either going to fight the leopard or I'm going to flee the leopard, and I'm glad I had to flee it. <laughs> but in the case of a woman giving birth, if you produce adrenaline, because it supersedes everything else, there's perceived danger. So the body reacts to the perceived danger by sending the blood to the extremities um, and to, to the brain. Which means in the case of labor, the blood is leaving the, the womb, it's leaving the placenta, it's leaving the brain, it's going to the extremities, and it reduces the oxytocin and the endorphins. So now your labor is going to slow down because you don't have enough oxytocin maybe to cause the contractions to come, and your endorphins are going to go down, which are your pain-relieving right. hormones. And then because the blood flow is being redirected for a threat... It is redirected from the womb, from the placenta, 
to the organs of the body that are going to need to protect you. And in the case of labor, that is contrary to what you want to happen. That's right. So fear in labor is effectively the enemy, <laughs> if I can put it that way. Right. Fear creates the pain. So if you get fearful, it can overwhelm the mind, it overwhelms the body, and the process of labor will suddenly become very, very challenging, very difficult, very painful, very confusing. But if a woman, and as a doula, if I can support her to stay away from that fear, to keep trusting the body and the processes that God has put there, to keep remembering what's happening, that there is a goal that you're heading towards, and you're very nearly there, you're heading to the birth of your baby, which you just know you, you, you're anticipating with great excitement and, and desire and joy. Yes. There's such a contrast in a woman who labors with fear and a woman who labors with trust and faith in the process. And I guess that's the point I'm kind of trying to make, that fear is your enemy in labor. Yes. And I feel that, you know, Jesus likens the last days to birth pangs. He does. And also in First Thessalonians 5, 3, um, we also have reference to the last days being like birth pangs. Jesus refers to it in Matthew 24, 8, which maybe you would be able to read, um, Christopher. From the New International Version, Matthew 24, 8, it says, All these are the beginning of birth pains. Nightlight, keeping you in tune with the times. Natasha, before you go on, please tell us the end of the leopard story. How did you get out of that situation? Well, in, in the case of the, the leopard story, what was so interesting for me was just having such a first account experience of the real need for adrenaline. You know? <laughs> I'm sure. And my first thought was, it's a leopard, which seems a bit um, silly, but I guess <laughs> it was like the process my body was going through. And then I had to decide, what do I do? Do I stand still? Because I thought, my first instinct was stand still, don't move. Or do I back away? So I had to make this decision. And first of all, I thought, no, I'm going to stand still. And then I thought, no, I can't stand still. He's way too close. He's literally only five feet away from me. And we're both trapped in this kind of narrow walkway with a fence either side of us. Gosh. So I decided back away was my best option. And because I'd kind of come around a corner, and that's why we'd come face to face, I backed away, kept looking at him. And I think there was an element of shock for both the leopard and me that there was kind of this moment where I could kind of back away and I was glad I made the decision to back away. But as I backed away and went around the corner, he did follow me. <laughs> but I think more out of curiosity than aggression, he followed me around the corner and I managed to keep backing away until I got to the gate and got behind the gate. And then I then I managed to take a picture of him crouching there looking at me. Gosh. Uh, but yes, thankfully it all ended fine and I don't think he was in an aggressive frame of mind that um, that I was in real danger. Thank God. But uh, yeah, it was just a nice example for me of how adrenaline functions and how everything becomes fully focused on the danger. And if you focus on the danger, you're only dealing with the danger. So in birth, if you're full of fear and you've got adrenaline pumping through every cell in your body, you're focused on danger and you just want to, to get out of there. You, you just want this experience to stop. Right. Where in labor, you can't, you know, you, you, once it's going, it's going and you, you don't want it to stop. But fear, you know, in the case of other mammals that give birth, 
because we are mammals and we birth the same as other mammals. Um, the process is very similar. Right. But um, other mammals, they go somewhere dark and safe. They go away from the crowd and the busyness. And they usually find a dark, safe space to labor in. But if, if you have a zebra that's giving birth on the savannas of Africa and suddenly a lion appears... The adrenaline kicks in and what will happen is labor will stop. And in, in the case of humans and animals, the cervix can even close up and that allows the, the animal to flee the danger. Right. So in the, in the case of birth, if you become fearful, it can actually stop the process. That's why a lot of women, when they sort of start labor and then they go to hospital, their labor's actually stopped and they, they get sent home. And that's often because... Fear has kicked in. The body has said, no, I'm not ready for this. This environment is not conducive and labor will stop. Um, but there is a point where labor will not stop. There is a point of no return. There's all these different stages that you go through. But certainly what I've come to understand is that fear is the enemy. And I can certainly relate to it now in these last days. If I start thinking fearfully about the future or what might happen, or how I'm going to make it, or how I'm going to survive these last days, or persecution. I can begin to fear, and then anxiety comes in, and then everything seems to crumble. Right. <laughs> in First John 4.18, it says that um, fear has torment. And I think that's a very apt description of fear. It is tormenting. You, you, you are very overwhelmed. But it says also that perfect love casts out fear. I believe there's 365 references to not fearing in the Bible. Really? Wow. So Jesus is, really teaches us that, you know, not to fear, not to be anxious. And I think as we approach these last days, that's a message that I feel is very important for us, is that we must keep our faith and our trust in the love that God has for us. And that even though he's allowing us to go through this difficult process, it's for the most wonderful, wonderful reason. In the case of a woman giving birth, it's for this beautiful baby that you're about to, to bring into the world. And when you do, as Jesus says, you know, the, the, the difficulty of the labor that you've been through is forgotten in the joy that you have. Yes. And that will be the case with us when Jesus returns and takes us back to be with him, back home, you know, back to, to heaven, the place where we're actually meant to be, yes. that is going to be the most joyous experience any of us can have. Amen. So anticipating that joy and the end result of the process is also a part of helping us get through it, That's looking right. at the bigger picture, you know. So in the case of a woman in labor, if you focus only on this one contraction and you have this one's a difficult one, this one's a steep bit, you can kind of forget that there's a, you know, the baby is coming. But if you keep reminding yourself, this is for a purpose, that baby is coming and I'm going to experience this wonderful joy, especially if you've had one baby before and you actually know what it's going to be like. Right. But certainly for me, I long for the return of Jesus. I long for the birth of the new kingdom and the millennium. And when Satan is locked up in a pit for a thousand years, I long for sin and suffering to be over. Yes. I am longing for the birth that Jesus is bringing us to, the birth of his new kingdom. Beautiful. And I'm grateful, yes, for this sort of illustration of, of birth and 
how you can either make it a very painful suffering experience or you can get through it with ease, without fear, without pain, without suffering. And that's what I hope for all of us who understand the days that we're in and the challenges that we're going to face, that we will face them with faith in our Lord who loves us and will never leave us or forsake us, has put in place and prepared for us what we're going to need. You know, he, this is no surprise to him. Yes. <laughs> so he's already thought it all through and he's got it all planned. And if we he just does. keep our rest and our eyes on him, then um, I think we can have the most uh, joyous experience of going through these last days, just as a woman can also experience labor as joyous, even if it's very focused, hard work. Lighting your path through the end times. You're with Nightlight. Wow, Natasha, that was an amazing class. And the, the correlation between the last days and childbirth is something I know is going to stick with me and really help me have more faith and less fear as we go deeper into the last days. Anything else that you'd like to add before we close? Yeah, I suppose just this thing that I said here, Chris, that um, understanding the heart of God and his goodness and his love is critical to our experience in childbirth, in life in general, and in the last days. If we expect pain and suffering, we will experience it. But if we expect the goodness and the love of God to give us the necessary strength, hope and guidance, we will experience a joy despite the labor and hard work of life circumstances. Amen. It's so much about faith and what God wants from us or has has given us. He's given us the gifts. He's given us everything we need. He will supply everything we need just as he has prepared the human body to function so beautifully and wonderfully in the labor of a woman and produce a baby, the details that go into that and also the details that God has got prepared for us in these last days that he is going to fulfill and send everything that is necessary for us. Right. But we must keep our focus on him. You, you don't want to go into labor and just sort of pretend nothing's happening and, uh, and then suddenly find yourself unable to cope. Right. So it's good to be prepared. And I think that's one of the things about birth and being a doula is you help a woman prepare for this experience. I, I often liken it to climbing a mountain. If someone's considering hiring me as a doula, I say, well, it's a bit like if you're going to climb a mountain, do you want to hire a guide? You know, you don't know the path, you don't know the steep bits, you don't know the challenges you're going to face. Uh huh. So being a doula is a bit like being a guide, preparing a woman who hasn't experienced this before, how, how she can get through this process. And the same with Jesus. I think he is our guide. He knows the pitfalls. He knows the dangers. He knows how to sort of steer us around things. So, yes, I like that analogy of preparing. And I think, you know, Jesus gives us so many prophecies on the end times because he must want us to know and be prepared. Yes. He hasn't given them to us to make us fear. Right. So, you know, so what reason has he given us this knowledge? So certainly in the case of birth, the more knowledge you have, the better an experience you're likely to have because you prepare for it accordingly. Good point. So I think um, preparation in birth and a woman going into labor, the knowledge, the the peace, the trust, uh, how she's going to approach it, the coping skills, the coping mechanisms that can help. It's all very important. You don't want to just arrive on the doorstep and suddenly it's all a bit much to take it in. And I think it's the same with Jesus giving us these prophecies. It's like, 
these are going to help us prepare. Right. And the way we should prepare principally is in our attitude, I suppose, that we approach it with faith and trust in our Savior, in the Creator, who knows the beginning from the end. Yes. And then, of course, there are some physical things you can do in the in the case of a woman to have a good birth. You know, you want to create a safe dark private space where she can labor uninterrupted she doesn't need to have a lot of interference going on and i'm sure that there's many different ways that god can show each of us how we must prepare spiritually physically emotionally and with the knowledge we have well thanks so much natasha for sharing your knowledge with us and for being our spiritual doula But that's a very nice way of doing it. Maybe that should be my role in the future because I haven't been practicing as a doula for a while. So maybe now it'll be a a spiritual doula. But yeah, it's certainly a challenge, you know. And um, I know that I go through moments where I think, I can't do this, Lord. I can't do this. Just like women in labor, you know, no, 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 I can't do this. Get me out of here. (laughs) Like, Jesus, get me out of here. But then as soon as I do start getting my mind on the Lord, trusting him, looking at the bigger picture, then all of a sudden I feel my my physical body actually changes because my thought processes are changing, my beliefs are changing, uh, and then I can just cope so much better. So I do have moments where I think, I can't do this. <laughs> but then if I remember my own instruction, not to fear, it's needing to apply my own understanding to myself, you know, because I can certainly get overwhelmed. I can certainly start to, I don't fear what's going to happen in the world, but I fear my own abilities. Well, I'm sure we all do, Natasha. And I'm sure, and I'm sure that's why this is actually, uh, I love the correlation, you know, Jesus giving it his birth and what I know about labor. You know, if you allow the right you allow and accept the process with faith and trust you can get through it like a breeze but contrary can also be true if you get very fearful anxious it cripples you it it it, it sort of stops you from allowing the lord to fill you with what he needs to fill you with or guide you in where he wants you to go or what he wants you to do And thank you so much, Natasha Bennett. And if this program has been a blessing to you, please be sure to share it with others. And also, you're welcome to leave a comment below. This is Chris Glynn signing out, and I'll be back soon with another amazing Nightlight podcast. Bye for now. Mm